is an eight iron and it's a dead shank. Wow. Way right. Oh, Take that shank. off the path. You gotta be kidding me. Very tough pitch shot right here. You gotta hit it into the hill. One hop up and bite and it's in. Kind of like that. Those two guys who, you know, you never would have thought Greg, Greg Norman would be helping yeah. PGA Tour players in a roundabout way. But I agree with you. As you kind of look through this, I thought when it, when it went down, it's like he's going to take a bunch of shit right now for it. But in about a year or two, because the PGA Tour is going to have to change the way they do business to keep these guys, he's going to look like, you know, he's going he's gonna to look much better in two years. And he's going to say, I told you so. Because you're right. Why yeah. else would they make these changes if you have this monopoly? You know, where else are you yeah, going to go well, play? Hell yeah. I mean, you know, so the, the golf is an individual sport. goes without saying, right? And it's hard. If there was going to be a major shakeup, it would be in a, in a you know, a tour or sports with, that's, in, that's individual. But the PJ, it was PGA Tour or nothing. I know the European Tour's around, but like the PGA Tour's been sniping European Tour guys for years and years, and it's because they play for more money, more money over here. Correct. And and more more than anything, I think that we get into this deal where we just think there's no like it's just not a credible threat, right? Because I don't want to compare it to our other four major sports, you know, baseball, basketball, hockey, whatever, but. It'd be like if you said, let's say you're this billionaire and you're going to start, and I know USFL was around at one point, and that was a threat, but that fizzled pretty quick. Like, I don't feel this thing, like this thing is fizzling pretty quick. Mm-hmm. I don't see, you know, and, and if somebody if somebody said they were going to come out with a with a, a rival baseball to Major League Baseball right now in the United States, like, we would laugh our ass off, right? <laughs> like, it's just, like, the Yankees, you know what I mean? Like, right. they're going to steal, play. There's, there's, there's no way. So I think six months ago especially when guys were committing their allegiance to the PGA tour to really squash it. We were like, yeah, there's, there's no way. And now all of a sudden we're like, wow, once you realize that they have the financial capabilities to last a long, long time, you probably should figure out a way to coexist instead of being combative. Um, you know, the whole entire time, because you don't want to water down your product and watering down your product is, is less quality of less quality of players. So, there's probably, I mean, there's probably a deal to be made to merge certain things. Who knows? Well, or is Phil Sue and say, look, I've earned my right with the 20 wins to play out there when I want to. You're denying me. You know, does it get settled in the courts, too, at some point? Which could yeah. be ugly. You know, that, yeah. that, that could be on the... Well, and, you're, and you're, you're referencing, sorry, I'm getting another beer. You can probably hear my refrigerator. You're referencing the other guys that resigned their membership. Phil did not because Correct. he has lifetime membership. So what does that mean? It means... You can play as much or as little as you want for really the rest. I don't know if it's the rest of your life. Rest of your life. Longest rest of, yeah. rest of your mean, life. Davis yeah. Love the Third yeah, could, they kind, could they enter. kind of give you the old buddy-buddy wink-wink when you can, can't break 85 anymore to just kind of hang it Correct. up, I'm sure. But, but in but, theory. But, yeah, it, yeah in, in theory, in theory, really, he he shouldn't resign his membership because, yeah, he earned here in the right there. And if I'm, let's say, sub-70, and you all have an awesome product there, let's say you all let's say y'all uh, are crushing and you're going to sponsor a PGA tour event. Right. And I'm just thinking from saying from a business standpoint, if Phil Mickelson is a lifetime member and he wants to play in your event and you're paying a shitload of money 
to have the event in Chicago or whatever, and he wants to play, what are you going to do as a guy that's as a corporate guy that's putting up all the all the cash? You probably I, want to play in your tournament, right? I would be leaning would on the commissioner hard for that one. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. Exactly. So I mean, it's it's. I just think that I think enough people just want to watch him play. I think that that it's he's fun. He's fun to see. I mean, thirteen months, fourteen months ago, thirteen months ago wasn't long ago. He won a major championship oh. as like a fifty-one-year-old. So the guy's still got game. I mean, he's rusty right now. Like, he hasn't played a lot of competitive golf. I'm sure he's played at home, like I talked about, getting ready for the Nelson. He knows how to get ready for tournaments better than I do. However, it's different, right? It's just a different thing. But if you're, if he wants to play as a lifetime member, and I'm a sponsor of any tournament, right? If I have, like, freaking JJ's, you know, whatever, pizza delivery service, and it's this, and I, and Phil Nicholson wants to play, I'm like, what the hell? Of course. Like, are you freaking kidding me? Dude's Correct. playing my event because it still is entertainment at the end of the day, and it's yeah. entertainment. And yeah. he's good. And he's, he's good. good. It's it's this is going to be fascinating. I'm fascinated to see where this where this goes in the next twelve to eighteen months. I think it's going to be shit we never thought about happening. And all of a sudden, boom! There's an alliance. Boom! There's a divorce. Boom! There. I mean, I think it's going to be a very, very interesting time in golf, which, you know, like you said, we're talking about golf. So it's still like, yeah. for my business, it's it's good. People are, you know, one side or the other, they're talking about it. Well, so Yeah. Well, there, yeah, it's one side or the other, and then it's like kind of like what we were talking about earlier. It's one side or the other, and then it's just the people that like golf that are like laughing at the whole deal. Yeah, I would watch right. both. I don't have a hard, you know, I can complete, and I'll flip yeah. my argument around. I can totally understand why Rom and JT and Spieth would want to stay in the PGA Tour. Totally get that. I could, like a good yeah. attorney, I could argue both sides of this coin. And and fully understand why both people, both sides would have an argument there. So, yeah, yeah. I just, you know, I enjoy watching golf and I'm a fan yeah. of it. So. Yeah, no, you've got, so you've got the, you've, you've got the guys on the PGA tour or you got the, the live guys and the guys on the PGA tour are making fun of them. Cause they're like, Oh, they're talking about their family and they're going to play less times. And it's fun and innovative. It's all about the cash. They're like, we're going to play real events with, I want to play a full field, you know, with a cut. And then all of a sudden the PGA tour goes, yeah, we're going to have like whatever, seven or eight, like $20 million, no cut events. And they're like, mm-hmm. Oh, all right, cool. I'm game. And I'm like, well, there you go. Like that's, like exactly. hypocrisy, like hypocrisy has no bounds at this at this at this freaking point. Like that's just how it's that's just how it's all transpiring here. Well, and I think from a PR standpoint, I think I don't know. I mean, I know it's a tough situation, but I don't know if some of those guys go into live tour handled it the best. Like I kind of think like almost DJ did the best of it. Just like I did it for the money. I just want to be home more. Yeah. Like, it, like yeah. You know, notice he didn't catch as much shit. They're just kind of like yeah. okay, DJ. Like I. You know, he didn't try to spin it that much. You know, like, yeah. Kepka's going to be tough in that first interview of, like, the yeah. way he was going, or, you know, Pat Perez when he was yelling at Phil about it. Then he t- Like, I think at some point you just literally say, I did it for the money. I did it for financial security. I'm one step away from being injured and not being able to play at this level again. So I made a business decision on yeah. what this is. And then I'll yeah, take you, questions. You can't argue. You cannot argue with Brooks or... Bryson has been hurt the whole exactly. year. Brooks Brooks is has been hurt his whole career, and I'm not saying he's not a great player, but like he, you know, he's has the potential to be hurt for a long time or have a ling- lingering injury or whatever. And it's like, 
give me a break. It's like, you know, that, that was, it ended up being probably an easier decision for them than, than you, than you would, than you would think. But, you know, Bryson, Rich Lerner is a great interviewer and he asks good questions to Bryson. He asks, he asks the normal questions, but you know, he asks what you're supposed to ask. And he's, he was like, why are you going over there? And Bryson gave him first the limited schedule. But then Bryson was like, I'd also like to play on the PGA tour if they would allow me. So, I mean, straight up said it and then he's like and it's financially was worthwhile so i mean that's the that's the most probably polite way to say that you know it's a lot more cheddar and then i still want to play pga tour events and then also you know whatever you can go with the spiel with the less events innovative thing like that but i mean the the thing that people aren't realizing is these guys still want to play pga tour events and it's just we're in this like no man's land of what what to do because if that happens the other guys that stuck with the tour will be like, well, fuck that. Like, right. why did I do this? Right. Why did I do this when I could have signed over there and still played PGA? Exactly. You know what I mean? And still this is where PGA it's going to get events. really interesting of where this shakes out, right? This is where it's going yep. to be fascinating to see what happens. And, and if I'm Bryce and I would – I mean, he's not going to be playing – there's no way that body holds up at your age or my – in our 40s, right? Like swinging that hard. That's a that's – a, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he was he was probably the most marketable guy in golf less a year ago. I mean, that Brooks and Bryce in Vegas thing was on Thanksgiving, right? Yeah, Wasn't yeah, it this it year? Was, yeah. I think. I mean, the whole rivalry was last year, right? Like Bryson was, and I'm not, and I'm saying marketable. Like some people, you know, he was slow. He, he had all these weird antics, but like he was hitting just piss missile bombs all over the place in. Like I, at first, like he would drive me crazy. It takes so long to hit a shot. I couldn't handle it. And then when he started trying to drive it 400 yards on the fly, every hole, like I couldn't take my eyes off of him, like a physical specimen. Like, how do you not want to watch that? So, I mean, he was, that was not long ago. And now where are we from then? Like he's got surgery. He's been injured. Like he's played in three tournaments or whatever. I don't know what he's played in this year, but it's very minimal. So, I mean, can you blame that guy at all? No. I mean, heck no, you can't blame him. That's, he, he, he was not going to be 42 years old and playing world-class golf of what he's doing with his – in my opinion, I could be wrong, but I just don't – I see him having like an NFL career, 10 to 12 years, and it's going to be over. <laughs> right, as hard well, as he's it is, it is an NFL career because it's probably 10 to 12 years, $200 million at this point. Well, yeah. So it truly, truly is. <laughs> there you go. And then he can, you know, at 40 years old, he doesn't need this anymore and, and – you know, if he can't compete where he wants to be at, he doesn't have to be out there grinding it. And he's going to say, like, you know, I'm done. I'm okay. I'm yeah. going to do something else. So that's the part that's going to be interesting, too, of how these careers are, I think, more explosive and shorter than, yeah. you know, Tom Kite being out there for, you know, 28 years on the PGA Tour. I just I, yeah. I see less of that happening. I see brilliant runs for 10 years. Give it out. Give it hell. Get as big and fast, as strong as you can. Yes, your body is going to wear out, but it's an NFL career. It's ten to twelve yeah. years, and you're going to make two hundred million bucks, and then you go in the sunset. The, cha- the other really get tangent. What happens at the Champions Tour? That's a whole other subject. In ten more years, when you know these guys are now done in yeah. the early forties, you got to wait. You need to get Gillis. Do you know Tom Gillis at all? A, a, a little bit. Don't know him. Yeah. You know well. Ta three probably knows him. He's he, pretty well, but he's. He he's he's very opinionated, but it like in a good way. Like he'll shoot you straight. Like he he qualified. He's been on the Champions Tour now for a couple years, and he right. turned fifty not long ago. But he qualified for the Champions Tour, and he was like, you know, they only have I think five car, four or five, I think five. And he's like, he talked to him when he was done. He was he was clear and he was leaking oil, and he got in. And he told the guy, he's like, 
why the fuck are we even having this thing? Like, he goes, we should have really just the top 20 and we all just qualify every single week. And, you know, maybe there's eight spots. There's no sponsor. There's whatever. And we just 20 of us qualify for eight spots. He's like, at least that gives you more incentive. It's like, you know, you at least get into it because he was not getting into events even qualifying. Right. And he's like, at least have like some sort of reason like to, to do this and then just see what happens. But I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know if that tour makes money at all, but, but if you ever need a tour that needs names to sustain it, that would be it. The hot up and coming, the hot up and coming qualifying no name rookie on the champions tour is definitely not going to move the needle. Yes. So does that eventually have to go down to 45 years old or something like that? Because I think you're going to have a big gap between Brooks Kepka falling apart and then wait until 50 to get out there. If God, you know, if he even wants to do it, which he won't need to, right. That's the other question. It's like how many of these guys are going to have, so much money, it's like, you know, sleeping in a bed in Wichita does not sound that interesting to me at this point. Yeah, I would say yes, except the ultimate faller of, uh, on the sword, Phil Mickelson, won a major when he was 51, and Watson, when he was 59 or whatever, lost in a playoff. So, right. I mean, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, I don't know if yeah. you there, think Brooks loves it like those categories. guys. I don't think Brooks loves it like those guys. Oh, hell no. No, no, I love, dude, I love Chase, too. Like, I know Chase more, and, and I've done, you know, whatever. He's been on the Monday Shooter circuit, and Chase is a really good player, Kepka And, and uh, bro, I, I love, I think Brooks is pretty straightforward. Like, people might consider it, you know, brash, rude, ungrateful, whatever, but it's like, at the end of the day, you got to appreciate golfers because, I mean, if they act the way that they do, Maybe they're entitled to it. Who knows? But they straight up earned it because they're yes. PGA. Like Brooks, Brooks went to played the Challenge Tour. I'm not saying anything wrong with the Challenge Tour, but like he played in freaking countries that he'd probably never even heard of in his life. And then because he missed out on Q School, and then got to the PGA Tour through you know World Golf Ranking, whatever, and then won like the next year. Like that's not like your drafted silver spoon Mm-mm. situation. Like, I mean, whatever. Like, that's how you know he's genuine. He's talked like that his whole entire career. You know, if you were a hotshot rookie in the NFL and you were 2-14 and and you got paid a $100 million contract, you'd be like, this guy's an asshole. But, like, he literally earned it himself. So I can appreciate that from an interview standpoint. But, you know, at the the same time, I think think we just – I think for the Live Golf Tour to really sort of gain some traction, I think we need to watch – some high quality golf you know like i think i think high quality golf's intriguing i think people get on their tv regardless if it's corn ferry or whatever and if they see guys hitting lasers and the live golf tour has more recognizable guys than the corn ferry tour but if they see guys hitting lasers shooting in the low 60s you're going to want to watch that right yeah, i yeah. mean regardless yeah, especially so I if think, it's two I think, names you recognize right if if, if it's you know yeah. even a polter who can be tough at times. He's still got enough talent to show up and it's him and Brooks in a final pairing. I'd watch that. Yeah. Right. Like, and, you know, there's no, the draft kings. Yeah. Yeah. What's that? Well, a little bit, you know, like you could have some good storylines with that still, right. There's still recognizable yeah. names that if you had a, a, you know, a little bit of a European in the final group versus an American player and, you know, some pretty good sized, you know, egos at this, like if it's Poulter versus DJ, like, and Poulter is playing well that week. Like that would be an interesting matchup to see if there are a couple ahead of the field of what those guys do in that final group. As a fan, yeah. I would watch that. I think yeah. it's, you know, Sergio gonna, versus you know, DJ. The, 
they're going to have to figure out the gambling component because that's massive in sports now, and the DraftKings is affiliated with the PGA Tour. So they're obviously not going to probably showcase uh, live stuff, I wouldn't think. Maybe FanDuel does, who knows. But, I mean, that just uh, ties another whole traction component to it for people that put eyeballs on it. I agree. That's I mean, that's not going anywhere anytime soon. That's going to be a huge part of it. You know, yeah. you're right. And there's like 19 tangents we could go down on this conversation. Well, Jason, I'm a genius. Credit to myself for being it, a genius. It It, it is. Uh, I'm beyond it's impressed. It's uncanny. There you go. Exact <laughs> words. Uh, all right. We got three more questions here for you that are off topic. As like I said, we could talk for three hours on this, and it's going to be so interesting to see where all this shit goes. But have to ask you, Red Feather, how are we doing? Yeah. Uh, how is the membership? When is it opening? It looks great. Like the 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 architects you're working with is spot on. Like I love what those guys do. Like give us an update yeah. of sort of what's going on. How is it progressing? And you know, if anyone has any interest, you know, how do they go about finding that information? Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for asking. And, and second, let me. I'll tell you. So, Red Feather Golf Club. We're in Lubbock, Texas, and uh, home of Texas Tech. About three hundred thousand people out here in West Texas, and you know, we were really in the need for really a nice, nice club. Um, and I think that Brad Ralston is a is a just a serial entrepreneur more than anything. Really sharp guy. He's my he's my boss and he's my buddy. He's just an awesome guy. And he wanted, he's got this vibe where he wants, he wants a golf club to, you know, you're paying essentially as a private club to have a good time. He doesn't want to have restrictions when you're paying to be somewhere. So, you know, our whole vibe is if you want to wear, come from the pool and wear your flip flops and a tank top or t-shirts and play a seven sum at seven at night, with your buddies in your cart, that's that's fine. I mean, if you want to play a six-hole loop and cruise around, that's fine. I mean, we have a smaller membership. Um, King Collins has designed it, so that's Rob Collins and Tad King. Uh, they're famous for Sweetens Cove, and it's pretty cool, man. Like, they have the top 100 courses in the U.S. you can play, or 200 on Golf Week that just came out, Golf Week or Golf Magazine, and they're ranked 29 in the U.S., for a nine-hole course, pretty I thought that's pretty cool. Yes, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool, right? And their bar—they they rated the top five hangs or whatever they called it, something like that. We talked about it earlier, like top five whatever after-round hangouts, and they have something called the Heckle Deck, and it's like one over one of their greens and putting green, and it was like ranked fourth out of all the all the clubs, like just you know the best hangs. So. More than anything, a lot of guys will look at an architect like, oh, I like this, you know, because they know how to do the Redan and Bia Ritz and whatever, the K-Pole. We're like, fuck, these guys, like, they get our vibe, right? They know exactly what we want. Green to tee relationships close. Drive your cart onto the tee box. You yep. know, just don't drive on the green and wear pants. That's basically our rule. And that's that's it. They And they design the course like that. And not only that, they're great designers. I mean, you don't get designed as a nine-hole course that high up and have you know a golf course that's just weird or not good or well designed and you know it's pretty cool today i was doing yardages for rob and um because they come out now at this point we're going to start sodding the golf course and we should be open by this time next year so obviously i need you down maybe even this fall you can play like a nine holes if we have it open but watch yourself a texas tech football game that whatever maybe have themselves a day potentially potentially drink a couple of duels or something like that. But 
But yeah, these guys understand the architect and the vibe of the club actually have to go hand in hand. And we, we talked about, and we don't even have to mention, but we, you know, some of the old stuff here clubs, are they fun to play a hundred percent? Like I love playing old historic golf clubs, but it's an event, right? It's like you get there, locker room, yes, sir, shoes, caddy, walk. If you're lucky, you're home in seven hours type of deal, right? And your wife's yelling at you, your kids are pissed, whatever it is. Maybe, maybe, maybe in my case, my wife's pissed and kids are yelling at me, but same exact deal. It's just, it's an all day situation. This is not, this is not like that. It's called Red Feather Golf and Social Club. And it's like, it's just meant to be a great, a great hangout. And I was talking to, in Texas, especially where I live, West Texas is flat as shit, right? So, but we're on a deal called the cap rock and it's over 3000 feet elevation and the ball goes a long way. So it's firm and 3000 feet, you know, the ball can scoot. So we have a, we have the longest hole in Texas. We have a seven eleven. I just measured it today, par five. And it's usually predominantly straight down wind, which is 10 to 70 depending right. on the day. Right. So this thing is arguably reachable. I, I played it today in trial and like we're, we're top soiling. So like, when you hit a drive, it rolls negative, it buries. So, like, you're lucky if you find it. So I hit a drive, and it plugged. I teed up a three-wood, hit it. And it was probably, today was only blowing about 10 miles an hour. I smoked a three-wood, and it plugged. And But I had 137. And it was downwind, and I was like, this kind of refreshing, dude. Because yeah. I, know, I know I'm probably getting 20 yards of roll on both of those sides, right? But, but even if I smoke a drive or three-wood, and I still have 90 into a par five, when was the last par five you watched a tour player play 10 miles an hour downwind that hit driver three wood and then had a 90 yard? Yeah, it's a little bit of old school to it. It's okay yeah. to have a three shotter. Yeah. It, it, in, in, you know, with the right wind, you can maybe knock it on, but, but there's 250 yards of tee boxes too. Every hole is a connection of the way of the hole before every single tee box connects to the fairway. They're the same exact cut. So it's really cool, man. So we have, there's there's 135 acres and that includes the clubhouse pool and casitas so the golf course itself is probably 120 and that there's 60 acres of connected fairway so that's a ton yeah so that's a ton so massive fairways massive fairways that roll a lot with with uh, about 350 mature trees moving on property and they're all we don't want to tree line it like old you know that'll that just looks phony but like you know 10 to 15, 30 trees in like a little grove type deal on top of a Mesa looking Canyon. And, and, uh, it's just, it's just fun, man. I mean, it's, it's just like, there's a bunch of greens that are next to each other and you can talk shit to your buddies are, are, are not quite halfway houses on number 10 and three greens gather next to it. And we have like the brick oven pizza deal. You can see every hole from there and it's on a drivable par four. So it's just a fun hang, dude. I mean, you're 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 you play dismal. You're a member there. You understand like how cool that is. That's, so that's the best part. Like, I that would say, was like, our the vibe. golf is so, great, like, but the hang and hanging with the boys there and same thing. No tee times. We're playing. We played twelve guys on one hole. It's just the greatest yeah. way to play golf. Of just, it's so much fun. And you're seeing yeah. these newer clubs. You know, the the guys at Discovery. You know, Mr. Meldman. Would he? You know, been fortunate enough to play some of those. And it's the same vibe. Like it's so much fun. Like that's how yeah. I want my golf to be. I think you guys are nailing the vibe of what people want. It can be nice. Yeah. Well, no thanks. But yeah. like that's what I want. If I go on a golf trip, I'd rather have that. It, yeah. 
and, and don't get me wrong, my buddy, you know, who's the, you know, Brad Ralston is the CEO. He's a serious golfer. Like, it's not going to be a total Carney show like I do Carney Cup, like for the member guests. Like, it's a serious golf event. However, the vibe of the whole club's the vibe of the whole club's different. And we don't even have car paths, dude. Like, we're going to do like the railroad ties. Like, you know, try to just park around here. Don't park on the green. Like, yeah. park close to the tee. If you have to drive over a tee box, it's fine. Whatever. We have Innovation Zoysia, which is probably the most durable for car traffic and things like that. And we're very lucky. Garrett Holtz, our super, he came from Shady Oaks. And uh, Nick and Carson are awesome. They came from Shady Oaks and Dallas National. So, like, just, you know, I don't want to name drop, pick up those names I just dropped on clubs. But those are those clubs Pretty know how to class. take care of a golf course. Exactly. That's, well, it's just they know how to take care of a club, right? And that's that's important. So they understand what our vibe is or whatever, but they know how to make it happen. And the most fun thing, and you go to redfeathergc.com, and, you know, we have national memberships. Um, and those are folks outside of a hundred miles and those are moving really fast. And then we have our locals within a hundred miles, but the cool thing about it is really the, you you talked about the hang and, and, you know, things like that, but, but really it's just, you know, they strategically designed all these loops. So no matter where you are or where you start, or there's some houses like exterior on like three holes, you know, not anything interior to interfere with golf, but, you can get back to wherever you start within six holes at the most, right back to where you started, which is pretty cool, I think. Love it. Because it's not a huge piece of property you guys have to put 18 in there, right? At, what did you say, 120 acres? Yeah, so 135 is the entire property. So, yeah, I mean, the course is probably on 128 acres or something yeah. like that. And, and you know, we have... We had that 711 par 5. We got another par 4 that's like 525, and that sounds scary. But we have a par 3 that from the back will measure 99 yards, and then two other par 4s that's like 295 center I from the tips. It. Yeah, those are so much yeah, fun Yeah, so I mean play. just massive variety, massive yeah. mass. I mean, we want to kick your ass a little bit, but also like if you're in the fetal position, we'll just we'll we'll we'll, we'll get you back just so you can uh, crush you again a couple holes later. It's okay to make a few birdies, right? Golf's supposed to be fun. It's all right from that. I direction. mean, no, no, golf's meant to be miserable, yes. but we're just trying to make it less miserable. That's my saying. You're more of a fun guy. See, I'm a pessimist, so that's. I don't know if we could get. I don't know if we could have a kid. I don't know if it will work out, but that's where we're at right now. Well, I can't wait to go down there and play it. Seriously, I, I, Jay and I will, uh, will document it. We will road trip. I think we should bring in like Slaw and Woody, because uh, yeah. those guys are, like the greatest on a road trip. Danny is like the happiest person ever, and then just Slaw for protection purposes. Maybe we'll just bring well, Slaw with. I can or? outrun Slaw. Slaw's pretty fast. He's nimble. Woody Woody is just a physical specimen. I mean, look at those calves. But he, God dang, he's he's playing good golf. He's playing but really I good. don't know if I want Woody to come down. Actually, he's probably going to beat me, and that'll be demoralizing. So Woody can maybe watch. Oh, Slaw's fine. Well, Woody's a little too good. Woody's a little game's a little too sharp right now. Okay, we'll we'll find a replacement for Woody. We'll uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll maybe we'll bring Riggins <laughs> down or something like that. He's struggling. Ah, a Woody's bit. in. Give me a All break. Right. Woody's, we'll take Woody in. in. But no, it'd be fun. We can, I'd like I for wait. you guys to see the construction. I mean, it sounds like. Have you ever seen a course like getting built before? It's cool as shit, man. Like it's it's when it's dirt and then starts pivoting to like topsoil and grass. It's a pretty cool. Like it, when it starts looking like a course, you get pretty excited because it looks like freaking Afghanistan 
and then all of a sudden a piece of grass goes on there and you think it's Augusta National. Like, it's pretty cool. Yeah, we were, I was hanging out at Dismal. I wasn't a member at the time, but when they built the dope course there. So we would, we knew the owner and we would get golf carts and he'd take us out there of what they're doing and you could actually see the process of it. Like, the holes going there. Like, it's, I'm fascinated by the build, right? Like, how this comes about. Like, I'm, I'm fascinated, like, how somebody can route something. That's the part I'm yeah. like, how, how the hell can you put this puzzle together? Yet, you know, like Mr. Doak can do it or, you know, King Collins, obviously great routing. Like, how do you take that and then turn it into that and make that puzzle work? To me, is yeah. I, I don't have the talent, but I love seeing it when it's up there. That's for sure. Um, it's cool. Yeah, it's very cool. So we will definitely get down there. Seriously, you've, you've now fucked up and invited us. So I'm bringing a crew down there. We're going to have a good time. Oh, I mean, you, you got, there, there are way worse, there are way worse, uh, uh, people than you that I'm worried about playing the place. All right. Trust me. I'm, I'm contacting you on that one. Um, question <laughs> from Twitter. What's the oldest oh, club you have still in your bag? Somebody want to know what do you have like a club that you can't get out of the bag, no matter what happens at this point? Well, when I was playing for serious cash, I would like play whatever I played the best. And now that I don't care, I usually just play all the newest shit. Um, dude, when I was on, so my first year on the PGA tour Odyssey. So remember when the Odyssey number seven came out, the Fang putter, and yes. you all have, you know, everybody kind of has one now like yep. that, right? Sycamore. I think y'all have, and it's whatever yep. there's, it's cool putter and your guys' looks awesome. And it's the same type of deal, right? You Everyone's know how got that one now. Yep. The eye gouger, we used to call it when it came out because it was so weird. It's like when the two ball came out, they're like, what kind of psycho would putt with this shit? And now it's just a two ball is like a normal putter. Exactly. So the eye gouger came out, the Odyssey number seven, and it had like a mesh insert, right? I remember that. Like like it was almost like you can dig your fingernail into it and damage it. Like it was soft. Yep. Snedeker, the best putter for years on tour, like used the Rossi one forever and ever and ever. Well, I... I uh, bought one in 2005. Specifically, I remember that's when it came out. And I played with it for like two years. Because when you're buying your own shit, you're playing with it a lot longer than when it's free. And when I got through Q School, Corn Ferry, and I played Corn Ferry Tour, everything was free every week. I was just like, whatever, like mix and match. And, or I want a new one just because it has a new grip or new whatever it is. And then I just brought it out from the grave in 2011 when I got a corn ferry tour. So this is six years later. And I was like, whatever, putted the best, won the money list. And then when I got on the tour, I was like, the grip just looked like it was in shambles. And then I was like, I got to use this thing. So the longest I've ever had a club in my bag for sure was that. And then you get spoiled on the PJ tour. You have one bad putting week after being nailed for a while. You're just switching stuff. But um, that was that was the longest I've had something. And right now, I don't have any, I mean, I'm so spoiled, man. Like, and you, and you know, dude, like you're, you're freaking, you make golf clubs. Like, do you have an old club in your bag? There's no way you do. Unless mm. you guys don't make it. No, I, uh, I think the old, no. I'm trying to think the oldest club. I mean, my no. irons are probably, my irons are 15 months old. Those are my oldest yeah, clubs. I had our 659 Protos from last summer before it was out. And those, yeah, I mean, it's a technically a new club, but I've had them in since last year. I'm I, I, I hitting them well for my talent level, so they're staying in there. But, no, man, I you know, wedges I switch out you know, a couple times a year just oh, to yeah. get the grooves Yeah, fresh you know what you get. like. like, And wedges are easy to switch because, fre- like, fresh grooves and spin is easy to change, right? Exactly. It's just like when I, when I see something that's like, 
you know, it's nipping around the greens and it's got those fresh grooves, like, boom, I'll switch it. Yes. And that's, the, and that, that's just easy. Yeah, that's one. No, I don't have any old clubs in my bag. It's yeah. That's you know. a good. That's a good. Que- that's a good question. If I wasn't a spoiled asshole, so that's basically my. That's basically do, my. Do you still have that. that old putter? And every now and then, oh. does it ever go back in? The old five, you no. know, the original. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Like if I was, re- I mean, it doesn't. That's probably a good idea. Like the loft and lie. I mean, dude, two thousand seventeen years ago, man. That that would that loft and lie. I'd have to get it. I'd have some good memories from that, but I'm at the point now where, and this is a ringing endorsement for for uh, sub seventy and manufacturers. I'm at the point now where I just you got to buy a better game. Yeah. Just buy a better game. Like there's there's no reason to bring a putter back from the grave when you can buy a new one. It's a waste of time. Love it. Thank you for saying that. Helps our business. <laughs> thank God people. Thank God people think that way. Otherwise, of course you know, they do. Yeah. Especially with putters, bro. I mean, let's oh, you know a driver and, and your your guys' price point is nails. Like a lot of these OEMs, we're talking six hundred bucks plus for specialty shaft. Like you know, you got to really make sure you hit it. Butter a putter. If you just pick it up for one second, it feels good in your hands and looking down on it, it doesn't look awful. Add to cart or whatever. It's like going straight up to buy that thing. No, it, a thousand it. percent. Like, I think putters it got like X amount of good putts in them, and then like a, like what would Kelk, Kelk would literally be crazy enough? He would go out and punish them. He would like leave them outside yeah. during rainstorms. He's like they, they they all have like a limited run, and that's it. Then you have to punish them, and if that doesn't work, they're gone. Like couldn't. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, okay. you have to putters get replaced. Well, you can pra- you can practice, but but like why the fuck would you practice if you could? spend two hundred dollars on a new putter like how much time does that save an enormous amount of time give me a break get like, a new feel for it i'm rolling everything in i'm done i'll buy it thank you yeah yeah I mean, i'm I, at the with our new fitting facility open at the 70 we actually you know basically most other stuff's all online so we actually have 40 or 50 putters where people can go putt with them i can't believe how many putters we are selling out of there from exactly what you're saying Right, we don't have the greens tricked up where it's like you know funnel going to the hole, but they grab it and they're like, no, I don't even want you to build one. I want this one. This one's yeah, making me it. everything. I'll take it. Like I'm walking out. Well, with you it. guys, you guys make great. You guys make great. I mean, you guys make great stuff. I mean, whatever. Forget the price point component, but like you guys make great stuff. Well, and I'm pe- not just like lying because I fit for people and they like the shit is the shit is dialed. And I'll say this. If it's new, it's better for it, sure. So make sure you buy everything new that Sub Seventy makes because exactly. it's better than the generation before. There's a guy in there, and there was third beer hanging out at the bar who's made every eight footer for the yeah. last half hour, and he's not leaving without it. That's the way putters go. Uh, my final one: I heard or saw a rumor. PD's oh uh, pilot's license is now going to where he could do charters. So does that mean you're going to be flying with, with fucking Petey at like 18,000 feet in his plane? And he can now legally charter people. I think I saw that's his next thing he's doing. I don't know. I don't know if that's just the name of a license and you have the capability of doing that or if he's if he's hell-bent on actually chartering, chartering people around exactly. in a plane. Is he going to be like a taxi driver in his plane with Petey at the helm? Ugh. I, I love, I mean, Petey's like a, Petey's, I mean, he's like, I'm older than him, so he is like a, a little brother that scares me also an enormous amount at the same time. But I think we have this mutual respect for each other where we just see each other and we're just, we, we love each other, but at the same time, we're kind of mad at each other. And it's just, it works out. It works out great for everybody. And he's, he's, dude, 
he was he's probably so whatever for the people that know you know john peterson professional golfer played multiple multiple years almost won the u.s open 2012 but he's he's i'm probably like five or six years older than him and i was like he was like such a cocky little shit like when i was just barely on corn ferry he was like a freshman you know talking shit like this and that like he had his putter cover in his back pocket you know and i was like this fucking guy he's like what a i mean and then boom when nca is like plays all these things but he's 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 when he gets like his mindset on something, he's ready to rock, dude. I mean, he wanted to get his pilot's license and he got it dialed. So I, I, I feel as if he'd be a good pilot and I would, I would want to roll with him for sure. I agree um, with you. He's got that look, back, right? With the mustache yeah, and the, the aviators and he's confident. Yeah. Like I would, like I'm I would, in. I would rather have him control the plane than me. I, I'd let Petey fly. Uh, yeah. Right. For me. I mean, uh, no, I'm not getting, would I, would I potentially no want somebody way. else in there? Yeah. Yeah. Would I potentially want somebody else in there that can land it? Uh, duh. However, I'd rather have him fly it than myself, for sure. Completely agree with that one. If I'm, you know, someone's forcing me to pick one or the other, but I can kind of see Petey do. He's got that. He's kind of got that pilot's look, right? The he looks like he could have been a pilot. He's a pilot, bro. That's a dismal. That's a perfect dismal situation. I mean, that's not that easy to get to. You can kind of come in hot and just land it. You know, they've got a strip around we, that joint, no, and we then have just a, we have a strip on uh, on property. You could land his plane on go. our property. So you and Petey could Dude. literally fly in, <laughs> land that thing at Dismal, come in hot, meet you at the bar, we'll tee it up in the afternoon. So you get Perfect. Pe- yeah, can Petey. we can we wait so can we wait for when jet fuel isn't like sixteen racks to get up there before we do that? But <laughs> but I'm in. I'm in at some point. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's not that you know, it's kind of straight north, not that big of a flight. He picks you up on the on the way up there and, and yeah, he can land that plane there. His plane would land. You can't land a King Air, but PD size plane you can land it on the air on the. And I've heard it's wild. I haven't flown on the plane up there that they got, but it's like you have to use like because it's not a real runway. So these guys are like coming over these sand hills and you use like a laptop to find. Oh my god! Where you're at now? And, I'm nervous. And then you got to land this goddamn thing on an unattended air, you know, grass strip of sand with like a little flag showing you where the wind is blowing. Oh fuck! Yeah. So it's uh, Kenton Bryant flew in there on on the dismal plane. He's like, it was pretty goddamn wild because it's not like a regular airport. They got to like find it on this GPS thing, and then you just come in hot over this big sand mound and and bring this thing down on some grass. He said it was pretty crazy. Like no one, P- no one, Petey. He'll just ask what cottage we're in and just come in hot, <laughs> relatively close to the cottage. Yeah. The, that that airstrip sounds like a waste of time. Probably come in warm, warm, come in warm within six feet of where the first tee is. Well, there is enough runway on some of those fairways to probably land the plane. You guys are always welcome, and uh, thanks, man. This conversation was great. I knew you'd have some really interesting insights, and like I said, it's an interesting time in golf. So I loved it. You know, loved having your perspective on it. So thanks so much for yeah. coming on. For sure, man. We need to return the favor, man. You need to come come on uh, come on ours, and we'll talk about uh, talk about whatever. Just shoot the shit. So thanks for having me. Anytime.